0: Welcome to Coffee and a True Crime Dumpster Fire. This is a true crime podcast. That's right, a true crime podcast. For those in the back, I'll say it a little bit louder. This is a true crime podcast. This show is a show for grown folks. That little E over there next to my podcast. That means that we use some foul language every once in a while. Just every once in a while. Enough to flag it, you know. So, we talk about really generally vile, disgusting, and horrific things. Dismemberment, disembowelment, death in general. Lots of really horrible, terrible things. But, we also, like I said, we cover the three key things that everybody in life enjoys. Coffee, true crime, and of course, dumpster fires. So, settle in. Come get warm by the dumpster fire. Make sure don't touch it though. Don't want you to get burned. Don't want to get sued. Just saying. But again, all kidding aside, you have been warned. Turn back now if you don't like that kind of thing. And by the way, I like my coffee black and my tea in the harbor. If you don't get that reference, you need to go ahead and turn back now. Otherwise, Settle in and enjoy this week's episode of Coffee and a True Crime Dumpster Fire. Guess who's back? Back again. Uh, Just kidding. I will not torture you with that. But seriously, welcome back for another episode. Two weeks in a row consistently. I guess that's consistency. Ah, Well, we'll build on it, right? Two weeks in a row, and then the next week it's three. Yeah, you get the idea. Anyway, you're tuned in for yet another Dumpster Fire episode, right? Coffee and a True Crime Dumpster Fire, as the intro said. So this week, the Coffee of the Week, and again, we're probably going to go away from— well, not probably. We are going to go away from the Coffee of the Week, Uh. More on that to come later. Maybe not in this episode, but we'll see. Who knows? There may even be merch one day. Who knows? Anyway, so the coffee of the week this week for now still Bo- from the Bones Coffee Company. It's a roast called Holy Cannoli. And Holy Cannoli, it was actually really pretty good. Uh, it had kind of a... a i don't do i don't typically do the foo-foo flavor kind of coffee it had kind of a almost like a cherry flavor i guess i don't know uh, but it was pretty good uh we'll give it three beans out of five it was pretty good stuff i think it might only be a holiday thing i'm not really sure i just happened to run across it uh, at my local grocery store over the holidays uh happened to see it and i went hey that's a Honestly, this is one of those ones that the packaging got me. Okay, anyway, like I said, I really need a coffee bu- a cough button. Coffee button might be nice too. You know, uh, you know, push the button and whoop Jetson, Jetsons style. If you don't know who the Jetsons are, you're probably not old enough to be listening to this podcast. Anyway, so uh, this week we're going to discuss the case of Aiden Fucci. This actually is a fairly recent case uh happened right here in the gunshine state. Uh not near me, but it was uh it happened like I said here in the gunshine state. Uh it happened uh on May ninth, twenty twenty one, and that was actually Mother's Day. So that one makes this a little bit harder to to swallow throughout this whole thing. Um anyway, so Let's start there, right? Mother's Day 2021. Uh, mark that. Um, anyway, it, in the early, early morning hours of uh, May 9th, 2021, 13-year-old competitive cheerleader Tristan Bailey was out, without her parents' knowledge, shocker, running the roads, of course she did. You know what most teenagers do, right? Uh I think m- most of us probably did it. Uh snuck out here or there. Um although then there are some parents that have their houses locked down like Fort Knox. Fort Knox. Security systems and all that kind of stuff that they turn on when they go to bed. <clears throat> anyway. Um so she was out running the roads and her and, and another friend w- they were with uh This kid, Aiden Fucci. Shocker, he's um, off his rocker. He's out of his gourd. We'll discuss that more. They're in a a really affluent neighborhood. Um, The neighborhood is known... I have it here somewhere. Hold on. Oh, there it is. The neighborhood is... is, um, it's a little bit south of jacksonville florida in the in saint johns county and it's a it's a planned community a master plan community uh for those that don't recognize that term I'll fill you in it's florida so uh hoa is like the most florida thing of all and that's what this is it's a big giant hoa type community uh I believe it's gated, but they have, like, this is, like, when they talk about master plan communities, they, they're talking about, like, they have a bunch of swimming pools and a community uh, whatever center and a weight room and all those things, all the fancy amenities, almost a, like a resort um, where you live there in these huge homes generally. I mean, in this case, they're they're amazing, pretty... Pretty impressive homes, I guess. I I don't really know a lot about the homes, per se. Other than, um... It's like I said, it's a... Based on what I've read about the community itself, right? They've got... This particular community has, like, um, several community swimming pools and tennis courts and an amenity center and all that. I don't know entirely what an amenity center includes, but it has an amenity center. Um... Typically, I would think again. You know, you're it. It, the, it strikes me as kind of the sort of you know resort style living, and again, this is Florida, so it's pretty common. Um, most of the houses in Flo- most most of the residential neighborhoods in Florida are HOAs. It's it's like not an exclusively Florida thing, but but the vast majority of homes in Florida are the bleh, are in HOA and I live and it's that's I one star did not recommend um, so anyway so she's out again like we're talking like midnight one one o'clock in the morning um, of course mom and dad don't discover that she's missing um, because she didn't come home right? Mom and Dad thought she was in bed, and they don't really discover. They they discover she's missing later on that same morning of May 9th on Mother's Day. Um, she was supposed to be actually preparing a Mother's Day meal. Uh, but it was actually her sister, Sophia, who was Sophia Sophia Bailey. There we go. Um, who was. Cooking or whatever, doing this Mother's Day feast, if you will. Uh, around ten a.m., the mom and dad report are missing uh, to the St. Johns County Sheriff's Office. They, St. Johns County Sheriff's Office, they're they're on it, you know, quickly, and they they're they're on top of all of this, and they they start kind of interviews and looking around and that kind of thing and they're able to figure out that that she was at the Durban Crossing Amenity Center um at 1:15 a.m. So from there now the search is on, right? And they you know, they start to do the the sort of SOP, I guess. I don't know. There's not really an SOP for something like this. You know, when kids disappear, everything kind of goes out the window. Um, And it it sets in motion a whole thing. Um, It doesn't go out that Going out the window is not right, but they... A whole series of events is set in motion. Um, Among those, of course, is that you get... You get uh, patrolmen and... Whoa. I moved my microphone. Sorry about that. Um, you get patrolmen and uh, detectives and things <clears throat> out, you know, wearing out shoe leather, as it were. And they, they start to interview friends and family and neighbors and such. And, you know, they start sort of pounding the ground and, and seeing who knows what, right? And, you know, they they include the The interviews that they do very early, early on to try and figure out maybe where she might have gone, things like that. One of those interviews was of, was, uh, was her sister, Sophia, and her her sister says, well, I saw, you know, she saw Tristan <clears throat> that night in the garage on a FaceTime call with a boy, a boy she didn't know. Uh, she didn't know who the boy was, um... And then Tristan hung up the call as soon as Sophia walked in the garage. Uh, everything seemed pretty normal, according to Sophia. Um, no one knew of a boyfriend or anything like that. And, of course, the alert goes out, right? And they they send out... I don't know... <clears throat> I don't think they sent out an Amber Alert for this. Uh, but they put out, you know, bolos and things throughout um, St. John's County and... Jacksonville and, and that surrounding area. And of course they're talking to anybody that knew Tristan, you know, her friends, her class any classmates that might live in the neighborhood, things like that. One of the people they talk to that lives nearby and goes to school with her and all those kind of things is Aiden Fucci. Um and when he when they when they first talked to him, they they put him in the back of a cruiser, not, like, under arrest or anything. They just kind of put him in the back of a cruiser. They're going to talk to him. He's just sitting in the back of the cruiser hanging out. Well, this dumbass, Um, by the way, shocker, in case you didn't know, based on the initial intro and the title of, the, of, of this episode, um, spoiler alert, Aiden killed this girl. Uh, But the initial, like I said, initially they don't even know that she's dead. They just, she's just missing. And when they think she's missing, they want to talk to Aiden and other people. So they get him in a squad car. They're just talking to him. And while he's sitting in the squad car, he takes some Snapchat photos. And captions them. Anybody seen Tristan? You know, I'm stuck in the... And he's like, got the selfie thing with the, with the peace sign and whatever. He took a selfie in the reflection. He took a selfie in the reflection of the divider glass in a cruiser. That should tell you what kind of an individual we're dealing with. He, uh, I saw the videos and all of that. He almost seems like he was high when they picked him up. And we'll get to this. We'll... we'll cover it down the road but he did have an issue with cannabis weed anyway so they're talking to him and he does the whole selfie thing by the way boys and girls just remember and I've I've said this before on other episodes I bet but the interwebs is forever I can't stress that enough you know, Snapchat uh, encourages kids and even adults, probably to a certain degree, to do things and send messages and pictures and things that they probably wouldn't send over any other app, <clears throat> app or things that they wouldn't even post necessarily on just open social media, and they share them back and forth because the allure of snapchat <clears throat> is that once the recipient reads it it goes away or or once the recipient sees it it goes away unless they specifically screenshot and save it and <clears throat> when um what they what they don't realize about these um about snapchat is that yes the users of the platform don't see it anymore. It goes away. To the, so to the users, it's just invisible. It's gone. Poof. It went away. Um, again, unless you take a screenshot or whatever. And if you take a screenshot, by the way, it lets the other person knows, The it lets the sender know, hey, I took a screenshot. Um, again, it, it, that's the allure, is that, hey, nobody else is going to see this Except for the, the intended recipient... And then once he or she sees it... Then it goes away... And it's no longer a thing... Or if it becomes a thing... I'll know... Problem is... Is that Snapchat... Archives all of that stuff... Um, I would imagine... It's for legal reasons... Like what happened here with Aiden Fucci... Um, all those kind of things... right? And so... Again... Weird little side rabbit hole, and I'm sorry, but the internet is forever. forever. Even your text messages, by the way, are forever. Um, you know, and then people for a long time had the the whole WhatsApp, and that is that has end-to-end encryption. However, again, same thing, it's out there. Um, it's not like DOD level encryption on WhatsApp, but I mean, it is encrypted neither here nor there still wouldn't recommend sending anything that you don't want the entire world to read. Just the thought. Um, again, he, when they, when they pick him up, uh, initially, he doesn't know anything. He's like, I don't know. I, you know, he kind of, kind of plays it off. And then, um, he, um. He told the detective that he was talking to that she probably walked off down a particular path that he said they, being the neighborhood kids, uh, go, uh, you know, eh, the neighborhood kids, the neighborhood stoners, maybe. I don't know. Uh, they go to chill out and, quote, do acid and smoke weed. <sighs> um, how many r- show of hands? Oh, by the way, thanks for showing up. Yeah, you, you tried to sneak in again. You're late. It's okay. Have a seat. Enjoy the show. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, who who else? Show of hands, I'm raising mine. Who sees a big red flag when you have a kid who's 14, who, in my opinion, was stoned at the moment, uh, or at least coming down, uh, but... Who, who says that these kids go to a certain place to do acid and smoke weed. Hello, red flag. Doo. Bing! Red flag. All right, anyway. So, um, again, he, he sort of... Uh, this is all before the, the body's been discovered or anything. He put some stuff up on Snapchat. And like, it was some kind of game, you know. Hey, I'm in the back of a police car. Anybody seen Tristan? And again, like I was saying, I, I've got it in my notes that I'm kind of reading off of, uh, but I, I really kind of feel like he was high. Um, of course, he may not have been, I don't know, but my initial impression on the video is that he was high, at least sort of, because, and, and don't get me wrong, there are some kids that are not necessarily high. They just come across that way. Um, but this kid... I just, yikes! All kinds of red flags are going off. Uh, mental health issues, all kinds of stuff. It's just not right. Um, at so that was early on. Like I said in in the in the daytime. Uh, within ninety minutes of interviewing him, from what he within ninety minutes of him being interviewed, uh, they at six o'clock, right around six. They discover her body. Her body is discovered by a jogger near a retention pond, uh, located in a wooded area on the edge of the Durban, or the Durban Crossing community, at the end of Saddlestone Drive. It's, a, it's like a cul-de-sac, uh, and there's a retention pond out through some—you know—it's through some thick vegetation. I wouldn't call it woods necessarily, uh, but there's a lot of vegetation and stuff, and it's got some paths and things into the vegetation. That are beaten down. Uh, I looked on uh, Google Earth, and uh, there's the retention pond and and on the other side of a fence, I guess, and but she was not far from the retention pond, kind of in the woods there. Of course, St. John's County detectives, they do the smart thing, and they immediately dive the lake. For evidence. of so the retention pond. Uh, they didn't have to look far. I don't think. Uh, but they found a hunting knife. With the end broken off. And what appeared to be blood. Turns out. Shocker. Spoiler alert. It was Tristan's blood that was on this knife. Guess who that knife belonged to. Ding 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 ding. We have a winner. That's right. Aiden Fucci's knife. In a later search warrant, they find the sheath that is that belongs to that knife, uh, at Aiden's house with blood on it. Hmm. Turns out to be whose blood but Tristan's blood. All right. Anyway, so um they start to go back through neighborhood cameras, you know, this is twenty twenty one, so within the last couple of years, uh People have now much more. It's much more common now that people have cameras outside their house, and those kind of things all over the place. So they kind of gather and kind of begin to put together a little bit of a timeline and uh, figure out that um, they, they they see uh, Tristan at about one forty five with Aiden Fucci walking through the neighborhood toward the wooded area or toward a wooded area doesn't nothing anywhere I've read says that it was the same wooded area where she was found but one can only assume uh so 2 hour because 2 hours later um <clears throat> so they're going in through the wooded area 2 hours later that same camera sees Aiden running out of the woods by himself carrying his nike shoes which shocker were later found to have blood on them whose blood may you ask who are you oh my god i'm sorry i won't sing anymore um uh, but of course it was tristan's blood this is this is hard to this is this is tough Um Tristan had one this is a 13-year-old girl. She's a cheerleader. Um she is just that all-American teenage girl. Braces the whole thing, right? 13 years old. 114 stab wounds. Remember the knife that I mentioned was missing the tip? The tip had been broken off. Guess where that tip was? It was broken off in her skull. Uh, that's, That's horrifying. 114 individual stab wounds that they could count. 49 of those were defensive wounds, meaning to her hands and forearms. So this little girl put up a fight. She put up a hell of a fight. Um, So now they have enough. They bring this kid into the sheriff's office. And we're going to have a little bit of a one-on-one, you know, that, with him in the interview room, right? In, 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 in an interview and interrogation room. Mom and dad are there, of course. Uh... This is where we discover, by the way, that mom is just as big of a shit sandwich. I mean, oh, oh. mom is just as bad as Aiden. Because while the detectives are not in the room, mom and dad are in the room. And whether or not they knew they were being recorded, they should have been. I don't know. Whatever. Not my problem. Um... Dad, so mom and dad are apparently divorced because you hear dad say that he's probably going to have to, that Aiden is probably going to have to come live with him for a little while. Fine, whatever. Um, and dad is reading the riot act about Snapchat and all the stupid shit that he posts on Snapchat that's getting, you know, that didn't really go away. Um, and that he better be ready for that. Because whatever he put up there on Snapchat, he's going to have to own it. Um, And then, mom asks him about a pair of jeans. The pair of jeans that he had been wearing the night of the murder. Y'all, again, I love my kids. But, I don't know. There comes a point where you kind of have to... Let them take their lumps. Um, criminal activity. They're going to have to. My kids. Any kind of criminal activity. My kids are going to have to. Uh, probably going to have to take their lumps. Now. My guess is. That. He had some. That Aiden had some affluenza. Going on. Um, if you don't know what that is. You need to Google it. I'm not going to go here. Sit here and explain it. But. He, um, I think mom bailed him out of a lot because again, it was determined through interviews of classmates and things of, and now, now that they're interviewing classmates about Aiden and they figured out that one, he had a really disturbing fantasy about killing someone. Told his girlfriend, who I won't name, told his girlfriend that he wanted to kill someone to know what it felt like. Um, no, that's, again, what, anyway, meanwhile, back at the ranch, mom, mom says, <clears throat> mom is in this interview, or in this interview room with the kid and dad, and says to Aiden, hey, uh, are your jeans clean? Are you sure your jeans are clean? They didn't have anything on them. And then she leans in and whisper, like, What? Really? I mean, hello? And then... And then... <clears throat> um, and then... M- mom is later found on home surveillance video inside of her home, going into Aiden's room and taking a pair of jeans into the bathroom of their house and washing them. In the sink. Uh, what? I mean, really? Let's uh, let's just destroy evidence. By the way, speaking of destroying evidence, mom ultimately caught an evidence tampering charge. Um, during the interv- so d- during this interview, he doesn't really say much other than he with the detectives. There's not really much that comes out of it other than. He says that he pushed her real hard and then walked away, and again the two are on surveillance neighborhood surveillance cameras, walking into the woods and only one of them walks out. Um, Again, I I mentioned Fuchi's girlfriend. Um, She, again, I'm not gonna name her because she was a juvenile then and she still is a juvenile, and not only that, but. You can find her name if you really want to, but I have since she didn't really have any connection to the case, other than having the grave misfortune of having hitched her wagon to this douchebag. I don't think, um, I don't think that it's right to put her name out there. Although it is again, it's out there, and you can find it if you want. You're just not going to find it here from me. Um, she revealed again during during questioning and everything she revealed how fuchi had a- actually asked her one time what she would do if he if he murdered someone he also told her that if he murdered if he did murder someone it would be planned like he would stalk someone from the dark jump out of the bushes drag them in stab them to death and leave them there what i mean we we get these kids you know, this is, this is how active shooters come about, is nobody acts on this. If someone had, and, and I'm not blaming the girlfriend or anybody necessarily, but if someone had spoken up, this little girl may still be alive. Uh, speak up, people. If it's raising a red flag in your brain, or if it makes your brain, if it tickles your brain a little bit to go, I don't know, that seems a little bit sketchy, go talk to an adult. Or, you know what I mean, go talk to someone. Tell somebody, please. If it, if it scratches your brain and you're worried, go, uh, maybe. And, and let someone in authority make that call and make that decision. Lay it on them they generally know the right thing to do right so yeah um so they arrest this kid and they charge him with initially they hook him up they hold him as a as a juvenile and they charge him with second degree murder uh while they decided if they were going to charge him as an adult all that kind of stuff and whatever they were making some charging decisions Uh, But pending those decisions, they held him as a juvenile. He was a problem child in juvenile detention. He was a problem child in uh, uh, adult detention in the county jail when that ultimately happened. uh, Oh, wait, sorry. I need to back up just a little bit. Ultimately, in case you didn't know, uh, they charged him with, as an adult, they upgraded his charge to murder one partly i think i think mainly or not mainly but partly because this was definitely something you know he kind of planned and he even again there was the whole discussing it with discussing killing someone with the girlfriend and the murder fantasies that he shared with other friends and things and it just was really disturbing um so they upgrade the charge and they take him and charge him as an adult. <clears throat> well, back at the middle, at the end of March of this year, twenty twenty three, they set uh, jury selection was set to begin for the murder first degree murder trial, and at the very last minute, like imagine being called in for jury duty and they narrow the pool down, and they say, okay, you know, we're going to pick from these people, and then as they get to that, they go into the courtroom, not the jurors, not the potential jurors, but, um, they, they call the attorney, the judge and the attorneys and everyone come into the courtroom, and they're setting some ground rules for, um, for voir dire, which is jury selection, uh, you know, going through the standard procedures of, you know, the rules of how we're going to select jurors and the ex- expectations and the decorum and things that are going to be necessary. Um, and then all of a sudden, Your Honor, I want to plead guilty. Um, he took a guilty plea and sort of threw I, – I, and it apparently surprised everyone, I'm sure, except his attorneys, uh, that he was doing this because he had actually – um, the state attorney's office had actually rejected a couple of plea deals leading up to this point. Uh, and they probably the reality is they probably went, oh yeah, you're toast, dude. Uh, there's no way you're going to win this. I don't know. And it's important to note again that he tried several times, and and it and it was at least again I, I've seen the news footage and things and. The, the uh, of the this all kind of transpired during some of it transpired during uh COVID during some some COVID restrictions. Florida never really had a lot of COVID restrictions, but in the courthouses and things, they had some. So they tried to do uh, as much as they could over Zoom. Well, they've got this kid in jail, so they do Zoom sort of the zoom type of you know video conferencing for him for different uh, phases different hearings during throughout leading up to the trial various various evidentiary evidentiary hearings and that kind of thing that he had to participate in he would participate in via you know teleconference and he was acting not very well in my mind he was acting he was trying to play the part of Someone who was mentally disturbed. Uh, I I don't think when I say mentally disturbed, like you know maybe schizophrenic or something like that. He's trying and it, it to me it looked like someone who had read a few chapters of a textbook somewhere and decided this is how a schizophrenic person acts and just kind of threw it out there. Now do I believe that he's mentally deficient? No, is he is he suffer from some sort of mental he's a psychopath. Uh, plain and simple, he wanted he he had fantasies of killing someone. That is and he acted on those fantasies clearly. That's not a fully mentally stable individual, but at the same time he had demonstrated that he's aware, I mean, he demonstrated that that he understood, you know, it was clear that he understood what, what he was doing when he did it and those things. Um, again, tried to play the, oh, I, you guys are demons and you're coming to take my soul and and all those things. And it just didn't play, at least in my mind, and it clearly didn't play for the judges either because uh, he... Caught, you know, he pled guilty ultimately, um, and they, and then just a couple weeks ago, or just last week, he was uh, sentenced. Uh, he caught a life sentence. Now, a life sentence in the gunshine state means a life sentence. Like you are there the next stop outside the gate for you is a plot six feet deep. I think they should dig it eight feet deep just to be sure, but hey, that's just me. Um, But uh, all joking aside, uh, he, natural life in Florida is what you will get. Except in his case, because he was 14 when he did it, there are certain protections in place which i get um they need to protect all kids even the 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 horrible ones uh which this you know so you got to do what you got to do right you got to protect the kids ultimately so he's actually even though he got a life sentence it's more like the California style of life, where you have 25 to life. So in 25 years, uh, they will revisit his sentence to see if he needs to just continue his life sentence, uh, or if they need to to res- to send him back for resentencing. <laughs> um, hopefully, you know, I I want to see him get his get his head straight. I want to see the kid get his head straight, and and. Make the best out of what he can. Do Do whatever he can. Make the best. Uh, be. The best contribution to. Whatever. Humanity. That he can be while he's in prison. And then maybe. Be. Somewhat rehabilitated. Uh, so it's not a total waste. Of, of a child's life. But who knows. Um, and then again, I mentioned mom having she was charged with tampering evidence tampering with evidence. she again on video was attempting to destroy evidence by the way, the genes that she cleaned technology these the these days science and that kind of thing these law enforcement agencies are getting getting pretty good because they found blood evidence even after mom cleaned them although looking at the video uh, clean to mom I don't know just saying you have to look at the video for yourself and take in that whole picture Uh, you can find that on YouTube and things again the whole picture right It's kind of sketchy and I and then and in, in in taking in that whole picture, I kind of feel sad for the upbringing that this kid experienced I think uh based on what I was seeing in that again whole overall picture of that with that 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 video presents I don't know if he had the greatest of and and divorced parents not that that's a bad thing necessarily but uh you know all of those things combined probably made for what we have with this kid I, and she's actually going to go on trial uh next week I believe it's next week very soon I know that um again I believe it's next week after this episode drops um in a couple of days uh I'm not going to do I'm that's not worth my time to do that to do an episode on that unless something like totally off the wall comes out in the trial although I I think that it'll be a similar case like with uh, her son where she'll plead out and at the last second just to get it over with anyway so there you have it the case of Aiden Fucci or I don't know I don't even know how to pronounce it for sure. I'm assuming it's Fuji I've heard it pronounced Fuji So that's what I'm going to go with. Anyway, stay safe. Stay sane. Don't get zipped in. And we'll see you next week.